Welcome to the weekly Comic Web Old Time Radio Program podcast. We sell old time radio programs, Golden Age comics in PDF format, and we have other free podcasts. Visit comicweb.com for more information or find us on Facebook and iTunes. This week, our podcast features an episode of The Avenger called High Tide Murders, which first aired on June 8, 1945. Plus, we have another bonus program airing after The Avenger. The Avenger. The road to crime ends in a trap that justice sets. Crime does not pay. Avenger, sworn enemy of evil, is actually Jim Brandon, a famous biochemist. Through his numerous scientific experiments, Brandon has perfected two inventions to aid him in his crusade against crime as the Avenger. The telepathic indicator by which he is able to pick up thought flashes, and the secret diffusion capsule, which cloaks him in the black light of invisibility. Brandon's assistant, the beautiful Fern Collier, is the only one who shares his secrets and knows that he is the man the underworld fears as the Avenger. And now, The Avenger and the High Tide Murders. Oh, it's you, Thandro. Yes, Crony, it's me. Are we expecting the cops? No, no. Come on in. Mighty glad you came, Tenro. Did you follow my instructions? Sure, nobody knows I'm here. You don't think I'm fool enough to let anybody know I'm mixed up with you, do you? Now, now, Tenro, there's no cause for you... Shut up, scrawny. A gun. What are you pulling a gun on me for, Tenro? Because I don't trust you, scrawny. Not even when I can see you. Well, I've always been fair to you, Tenro. I always... Shut up, I told you. I'll do the talking this time. You're a double-crosser, scrawny. The worst kind. You got a guy in deep with you, and then you double-cross him, cheat him. I haven't cheated you, Thenro. Honest, I I'm not haven't. giving you the chance to double-cross me, scrawny. I come for my share of that last shipment you got, and I'm not leaving without it. Sure, Thenro. In fact, I want more than my share, since you're holding out on the other boys. 
Sure, sure, Tenro. That's why I sent for you. To give you your share. We'll be partners, Tenro, you and me. Never mind that. Where's the stuff? Right over there in that box. I'll get it. Stay where you are. I'll get it myself. If you make a move, Scrawny, I'll plug you. All right, all right. Help yourself, then. Scrawny! Help, Scrawny! <laughs> Goodbye, Senro. The tide is going out, and you go with it. Just like the others, out with the tide. You were smarter than the rest of them, Senro. Only you didn't know about this trap door, did you? Nobody but Scrawny knows about that. Ah, just one more victim, and all the money will be mine. One more victim. I must prepare the trap for him. <laughs> Take time out now for dinner. I've been waiting for you to say that. I know you have. The telepathic indicator caught your thought flashes. I didn't realize how late it was. That indicator is working so well lately, I've, I've absolutely no privacy. Yes, we're getting wonderful results, Fern. Of course, a lot of the flashes I pick up are unimportant, but do you realize that our experiments in thought projection and transmission have gone far beyond those of Edison and Creel? Well, I know, Jim. Jim. Yes, Fern. Jim. Let me try the diffusion capsule. I've been reading up on all those experiments you made with black light, and I... Fern, you must put that idea out of your mind. I told you before that it would be impossible. It's a very dangerous process. Oh, I know it's terribly dangerous, Jim, but I'm not afraid. No, and that's final, young lady. Why, the diffusion capsule knocked me for a loop every time I tried it for three years, until finally I was able to hit just exactly the right formula. Oh, but Jim, now that you have the right formula... Fern, you don't understand. That formula will only work on the individual who tested it every step of the way on himself. But, Jim, think how much more valuable I'd be as your assistant if I could become invisible as you do. Perhaps, but it isn't possible, Fern. Why? Let me explain. The diffusion capsule is a combination of two experiments, two processes. First, it's a question of harnessing the light rays that are normally invisible to the human eye and concentrating them in tiny capsules to be released at will. After I'd spent years perfecting that formula, I had to set about finding a serum that I could inject into my system that would affect the pigment cells in such a way that when these concentrated rays were released around me, they'd dissolve both color and dimension and render me invisible. Then it's the injections that are so dangerous. Yes. For one whole year, I was able to stand them only in very small doses. And then gradually, after several years, my system absorbed enough of the serum to camouflage me completely when the concentrated light rays fell upon me. But if I hadn't been in exceptional physical condition, Fern, the whole experiment would have been hopeless. Well, perhaps you're right, Jim. And but besides, I... you're much too attractive to want to become invisible, mm -hmm. even for short intervals. <laughs> oh, Fern, now you do understand, don't you? Of course, Jim. Let's forget it. I couldn't manage without you, you know that. Why, you've come every step of the way with me on the telepathic indicator. I simply couldn't have perfected it without you. Thanks, Jim. Now, if you'll put those test tubes away, I'll turn off the indicator and we'll go out for something to eat. Right. 
Fern. What is it, Jim? A man's just been killed. Jim, the indicator? Yes. I caught a distinct telepathic message. Well, how can you be sure someone was killed? Because the message came in so strong. It's been proved through thousands of experiments that 85% of all psychic impressions received are relayed by those who are suffering violence. What was the message, Jim? It's strange. I've had three messages like this in the last two weeks, all on the same thought wavelength. Only this last one was stronger than the other two. The sounds were all the same, though. What kind of sounds, Jim? Lapping water and wind, mostly. And then the sudden sound of a heavy door opening and a splash. Do you mean like someone falling in the water? Yes. Only this time I also received the impression of a man's voice. A man's voice screaming out a name. What name, Jim? Something that sounded like, uh, like scrawny. Scrawny? What do you suppose that could mean? I don't know yet. Oh, will you answer the phone, Fern? Yeah. I don't want to leave the indicator. Maybe I'll pick up something else. Hello? Yes, he's here, Inspector White. Yes? Where? At the Cragmore Dock. Oh, yes, I'm sure he will. I'll tell him. Thank you, Inspector. That was Inspector White, Jim. What did he want? The body of a man's been washed ashore at Cragmore. What? He wants you to come down and make some special tests. The inspector thinks it's murder. That you, Brandon? Yes, Inspector. Coming, Fern? No, I'll wait here at the car, Jim. All right. Well, Inspector, find any clues? Very few. The doc says the body's been in the water about two weeks. I want you to check on that. No identification? Not a thing. Oh, flash that light over here, Joe. Well, what do you think, Jim? Yeah, at first glance, I'd say two weeks is about right. We can't tell much from his clothes. There was no jewelry, which might mean the motive was robbery. Yeah, it might. Find anything at all in his pockets? No. Only a little piece of broken glass. You mind letting me see it? Here. Why, this is a piece of a jeweler's loop. A very good one, too. This man must be a stranger around here. He doesn't fit any of our descriptions for missing persons. Inspector, uh, do you think you could keep this out of the papers for a few days? No, I can't keep it out of the papers, Brandon. And I don't see why I should try. Well, you're in the driver's seat, of course, Inspector. But if I had a day or two, Look, I think... Brandon, I... all I want from you in this case is a complete chemical analysis report. The same kind of checkup you did in the Reardon case. Okay. I'll come to headquarters later. But you shouldn't let my simple inquiries affect your blood pressure like that, Inspector. Well, every time you see a body, you pop up with a lot of unconventional theories. Well, murder is hardly ever conventional, Inspector. No monkey business on this case, Brandon. That chemical report is all I want from you. You'll get it. In the meantime, I'll have an impression made of his teeth and go over every inch of his clothes. Right. I think we'll have to work fast on this, Inspector. We? All right. All right, you. I'll see you later. So long. Remember what I said, Jim. What's the matter, Jim? The inspector sounds mad. Oh, just the usual routine. He's afraid I'll steal his thunder. Well, were you able to find out anything? I think so, Fern. I'd be willing to bet anything it was that man's dying message I picked up about two weeks ago. Oh, do the police have any idea who he was? Not yet, but I'm pretty certain he was a jeweler. If he was, then the other two thought impressions I received may have been from jewelers, too. If your hunch is right, Jim, three jewelers would be missing in the city right now. Right. Let's get back into town and start investigating. Tonight? Oh, well, I guess it is pretty late, isn't it? And I'm still hungry. Remember, we never did get our dinner. Okay, but first thing in the morning, Fern, we're going calling. The pawn shops first. Mm-hmm. 
Sit down, Vern. Thanks. Oh, golly, I didn't know there were so many jewelry stores in the whole world. I'm tuckered out. And hungry, no doubt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I ordered for you. Oh, waiter. Oh, waiter, you can bring our food now. Right away, sir. Well, how did you make out with your list, Vern? Well, out of all the shops I covered, there was only one owner missing. He's been out of town for a week. Did you get his name? Yes, it's, um... Don't tell me. Uh, see if I can guess. Was it Artemis? Yes. How did you know? I'll tell you later. Uh, I want to give you my report first. Oh, I'm trying to be patient, but my curiosity is killing me. Well, uh, first I found out that a pawnbroker by the name of Blake has been out of town for two weeks. Jim, do you think he could be the one whose body was was washed ashore last night? I think there's a very good chance that was Blake. I called Inspector White, and he's going to check on it. But what about the third? You said there'd be three missing. Yes, and there are. A third jeweler by the name of Fenro left town on business yesterday morning. Jim, how can we be certain these are the three men we're looking for? Well, after I checked all the stores on my list, I happened to remember an article that appeared in the newspapers about six months ago concerning a corner in the diamond market. At that time, an investigation had been demanded by the Municipal Jewelers Association, who were outraged at the possibility of any shady dealings within their trade. I went to the library and checked back on that article. And found the names of our suspects? No, I got those through a muckraking reporter I know. He tipped me off that Fenro, Blake, Artemis, and a man by the name of Vickers were thoroughly investigated at that time because they were suspected of selling odd pieces of jewelry at unusually low prices. How were they able to do that? Well, my guess is that the jewels were smuggled and they were fencing them. Oh, but wouldn't the police know that? That would be pretty hard to check, Fern, especially if the goods came from Europe. All right, Jim. Suppose all your suspicions turn out to be fact. There's still one other thing. If three jewelers are missing, why haven't their families reported it to the police? Because they're not considered missing. To all intents and purposes, they're just away on business. Oh, I see. Well, what do we do now? We start searching for the missing piece in the puzzle. The missing piece? Yes. The fourth jeweler by the name of Vickers. We've got to find out whether he's also known as Scrawny. For if he isn't, he's next on the list for murder.
that shop belong to Vickers? I was in there this morning. I know. That's why I think it would be better for me to go in alone this time. Uh, wait for me just beyond the shop there, Fern. All right, but don't be long. I'm nervous. What can I do for you, sir? Uh, do you mind if I look around a little? Yes, I do mind. What do you want? I'm looking for the Berkeley necklace. What? I thought you might have it. I tried all your partners' places, but they didn't seem... What to... are you talking about? I have no partners. No? I understood Artemis, Blake, and Fenrose. Get out of here. That's no way to treat a customer, Mr. Vickers. Get out, I say, or I'll call the police. I don't think you will. Get out! Put that gun away, Vickers. You're in enough trouble already. I'll give you exactly five seconds to blow. All right. You win. What happened, Jim? I think he's gone mad, Fern. He pulled a gun on me. But we've got to get some evidence. Well, how? You go into the store and pretend you want to buy something. Uh-huh. Keep him occupied for a few minutes. Oh, I'll do my best. What do you plan to do, Jim? Examine his safe. It must be in the back room. It's not in the store. Jim. Yes, Fern. It's time for the Avenger to take over. I thought I told you to get out. Where, where did he go? Where did you go? That man with you. There's no one with me. I was sure I saw him come in the door, and then, then he disappeared. Well, there's no one here. Maybe the sunlight blinded you for a moment as I opened the door. I don't know. I was sure. I must be seeing things. I came in to look at that gold pin you have in the window. The one with the topaz in the center. Would you show it to me, please? Yes, I'll get it. The one on the right. That's it. Oh, my, it's lovely. How much is it? Forty dollars. Forty? Oh, I'm afraid that's too expensive. I have a smaller one. It's in the back room. I'll get it. Oh, no. No, never mind. This is the exact size I'm looking for. Perhaps I could... All right, Fern. I've finished. Come on. What did you say? Oh, the pin. Well, I hadn't planned on anything so expensive. Uh, Busy, Vickers? You? What are you doing here? Stow that, Vickers. I've got business with you. Get rid of that customer. Uh, Sorry I can't take the pin. Thanks for your trouble. Did you find anything, Jim? Plenty. Who was that man who came out of the back room? What man? There was no one back there. Well, the man came through the back way shortly after you did. Vickers was terrified of him. Fern, we've got to go back there. Vickers may be in danger of his life. Come on. Oh, that door's locked. Stand back, Fern. Yeah. I'll have to break it down. Jim, look. On the floor. It's Vickers. Vickers. Vickers, quick. Who did it? Who stabbed you, Vickers? A place called Peabody's Cove. Never heard of it. Who's Peabody? Captain Peabody is an old sailor. His family has owned this stretch of beach for generations. The captain makes his living renting fishing dories. But why are we going to see him? Well, Captain Peabody knows everyone along the coast for miles. Mm-hmm. I want to try to get a line on that man you saw in Vickers' pawn shop. Oh? You said he gave you the impression of being a seafaring man? Well, it was only a vague impression, Jim. Yeah. His face was weather-beaten, and he used the term stow that. Not much to go on, really. Yeah, and there was one other thing. Vickers was killed with a knife. A fisherman's knife. Huh, there, there's Peabody's place now. Oh, look at all those boats. Aren't they beautiful? All right, come on, Fern. Now, oh, there's Peabody on the dock. 
Hello there, Captain. Uh, hello. Well, if it isn't Jim Brandon. How be you, Jim? I'm fine, Captain. This is my assistant, Fern Collier. Hello, Captain. Pleased to meet you, miss. Well, Captain, what's your theory about those two bodies that were washed up on the coast? Say, that's something, ain't it? Two of them within a week. I noticed by the papers that you were helping on the case. That's right. Uh, Captain, does the name Scrawny mean anything to you? Scrawny? Nope, never heard that name. Has it got something to do with the case? Maybe. But all we're certain of in this case is how long the bodies were in the water. What you want to know is where they come from, huh? That's what I'm working on, Captain. Well, son, you ought to be able to figure that out pretty accurate. According to the tides. How do you mean? You take a look at this here map, Jim. Huh? You know what it is? Oh, it's a tide chart, isn't it? Right. You notice how the currents hereabouts surge into narrow channels? Yeah. Well, those channels along this stretch of coast are as accurate and permanent as a, a paved road on, on dry land. You mean that if you know exactly where something landed on the shore and how long it was in the water, mm-hmm. you can figure where it started from according to the channels? Yep. When I was a little shaver, me and my brother used to send messages and bottles through these channels to kids ten miles down the coast. Captain, you've hit on something. I'd like to try a little experiment, if if you'll help me. Why, sure, Jim. Well, rig up your best dory and bring along those tide charts. You and I are going on a little boat ride. Right away, Jim. I'll have everything set in five minutes. Do I come too, Jim? No, you'd better stay here, Fern. How long do you think you'll be gone? An hour or two. Well, I'll take a little drive up the coast to kill time. Okay, but be careful. Good luck, Jim. You ready, Jim? Yeah, I'm coming, Captain. I'll see you later, Fern. Don't drive too far. I won't. Bye. That's a gun in your back, lady. Who are you? Start driving north. No, I won't. I... Start driving, I said. Or I'll let you have it. What, you... You're the man I saw in Vickers' shop. You murdered Vickers. You know too much for your own good. Drive faster. You're scrawny. That's right. But you're the only living person who knows it. And you ain't going to be living long. Drive faster, I said. Faster. Much longer to wait now. If you're going to kill me, why don't you do it and get it over with? Why do you keep me tied up here? We have to wait for the tide. The tide? What has that to do with it? Everything. Out with the tide. That's the way it must be. You mean I'm going to be drowned? Of course. I thought you knew that. You seem to know so much. I'm not the only one who knows about this place. The sounds. Someone else knows about them. The lapping of the water, that creaking door, the spring of a trap door, that No flash. one could know of them but you. Everyone else who ever came here is dead. You'll see. The police will find you out there. That's enough of that. I know you're bluffing. How much longer before? Half an hour yet. Exactly half an hour. It's almost time. I'm checking everything so you won't be in in any trouble. You won't get away with this. You won't... Who's to stop me? Look. As you drop through this trap door, this bag of salt will hook onto you and weigh you down. 
Then the tide carries your body out to sea. And later when you're found, <laughs> you'll be many miles from here. Oh, you're mad. I believe you killed for the sheer joy No, I... no, I, I kill for gold. For gold and jewels. <laughs> but now I, I must untie. In another minute, the tide goes out ready. You must be ready now. Hold your wrist still. Oh, Jim, I'm afraid. There, now. Stand up. What was that noise? Who's there? Here I am, Scrawny. It's the Avenger. Oh, thank heaven. The Avenger? Where? Where are you? I can't see you, Avenger. No, you can't see me, Scrawny. No one can see me, but I'm here. Where? Where are you? Over here, behind these salt bags. I'll get you. I'll shoot you. Not there. Over here in the corner. Uh, I'll find you. Uh, I'll kill you. Ah! Oh, gee. How awful. Are you all right, Fern? Yes. Wait for me in the car outside, Fern. Oh. I'll just have a look around here. The police will want some evidence. Well, this place is certainly reeking with it. Don't be long, Jim. Congratulations. That was a good picture of you in this morning's Herald. Oh, now, now, don't get mad, Inspector. No offense, no offense. Okay. Okay. See you on the next case. Goodbye. Well, Jim, was Inspector White completely satisfied? He wouldn't admit it, Fern, but he was. The police boat just picked up Scrawny's body in the exact place I pointed out on the tide chart. Oh, by the way, Scrawny's real name was Joplin. Scrawny was the code name the smugglers and fences used for him. I still don't understand how you knew exactly where they'd find him. Look, it's all here on these channel maps Captain Peabody gave me. Oh, let me see. Yeah. Now, here's the way the smugglers worked. Mm -hmm. uh, sailors dumped the smuggled cargo overboard right here at the beginning of this narrow channel, just as the tide was going in. Mm -hmm. uh, the channel ends here, under this long pier old Scrawny had built along the coast. He had nets stretched along the entire length of the channel under the pier. 
And when the tide came in, they caught the cargo. Then old Scrawny, all he had to do was haul in the nets and distribute the cargo among his fences. Just as simple as that. Oh, but then why should Scrawny want to kill the men who fenced the jewels for him? He didn't, as long as the smuggled cargo was jewels. But the last two shipments were currency. Enormous sums of it in sealed waterproof bags. Oh, so he didn't need the fences. Yeah, that's right, Fern. But evidently the fences demanded their share of the shipments. So Scrawny decided to get rid of them. He sent for each one separately on the pretext of sharing the loot with him. Vickers was the only one who wouldn't go, so Scrawny had to come to him. Each of the others, well, you saw the little trap he set for them. Yes, I saw it. But I was too frightened to understand how it worked. Well, those salt bags were rigged up to hook onto the victim automatically as he fell through the trap door. This was always done just as the tide was going out, so the victim was immediately carried out to sea. But where did the salt go? After a time, it dissolved in the water and the bags fell apart because they were made of semi-perishable cloth. Oh, Jim, it's horrible. And to think that I... Now, you mustn't think about it anymore, Fern. The case is closed. But you can thank Captain Peabody for showing me the beginning of that narrow channel that led me to old Scrawny's place in time to save you. Oh, I'm going to buy Captain Peabody a nice present. Oh, he'd like that. He said you were right pretty. Oh, you... You know, the minute I got to Scrawny's place, I knew the trail was ended. How, Jim? I recognized the sounds. They were exactly like the impressions I received on the telepathic indicator. Well, I'm glad it's over. And so am I, Fern. Well, what about some dinner? Oh, fine. Only let's not have seafood. All characters, names, places, and plots used in the Avenger program are fictitious. Any similarity to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. This is a thought. A thought. A thought. Remember, listen for another adventure out. The Avenger. Tell me if this sounds a bit familiar. Jim Brandon, famous biochemist, created two super inventions, which quite naturally he tested upon himself. The telepathic indicator with which he can read the thoughts of others, and the secret diffusion capsule, which turns him invisible. If you're thinking, wow, that sounds a lot like the shadow, well you'd be right. This show which aired in 1945 was a pretty blatant ripoff of the shadow. But then again, if you're like me and you like the shadow, you should like the Avenger. Jim Brandon is aided by his beautiful assistant, Fern Collier. And that's why the underworld fears the man known as the Avenger. And it's also why we have a special bonus episode of The Shadow this week coming up right now. <laughs> Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? <laughs> The shadow knows.
Ladies and gentlemen, the shadow will be with you in a moment. But first, have you heard the big news about the non-skid tire sensation that protects you against the danger of skidding as never before? This new Goodrich, Silvertown, was turned over to the nation's largest independent testing laboratory, the Pittsburgh Testing Laboratory. Test this new kind of tire against the regular and premium-priced tires of America's six largest tire manufacturers were the orders. And here's what the impartial engineers found. The new Goodrich, Silvertown, gave greater skid resistance than any other tire tested. Even those priced at from 40% to 70% more. Furthermore, this new Silvertown averaged 19.1% more non-skid mileage than the other tires tested in its own price range. Which means you get every sixth mile free. And remember, the Goodrich, Silvertown offers you both Lifesaver Tread skid protection and Golden Ply blowout protection at no extra cost. The Shadow, Lamont Cranston, a man of wealth, a student of science, and a master of other people's minds, devotes his life to righting wrongs, protecting the innocent, and punishing the guilty. Using advanced methods that may ultimately become available to all law enforcement agencies, Cranston is known to the underworld as the shadow. Never seen, only heard. As haunting to superstitious minds as a ghost. As inevitable as a guilty conscience. The shadow's true identity is known only to his constant friend and aide, Margot Lane. Today's story, The Message from the Hill. Hand me that map, Jake. Uh, okay, boss. Spread it out on the table, Jordan. Okay. Now, let's check the whole thing once more. All right. Now, here's the blooming desert island we're camped on right now. Yeah? It ain't so much bigger than that dot at that. Oh, shut up, Jake. And here's Swanio Island. Right, oh. There's Mount Raleigh and that blessed diamond rind right smack in the middle. See, Jake? Three weeks in the coast and government house by trail. Isolated, you might say. All right, Limey. Is our plane in good shape? Top hole. You're sure you can find that mountain? Well, I've thrown up there often enough. Limey, we don't want to get tangled up with the mining company's plane. We won't. The plane goes up from the coast on Friday, comes back on Saturday. We pays our little visit to the diamond mine in between. You're sure they ship the diamonds out every three months? Listen, Jordan, I've worked for those fat-headed birds for over a year. I know. Well, looks foolproof to me. And there's enough diamonds in one of them shipments to keep us all like aristocrats. Are the rest of the native boys in good shape, Jake? Yeah, boss. The cream of the South Seas. They can fight? They may have to. That blasted Major White said, hey, what's the chief? He's a tough old bird, he is. Oh, we'll take care of him. Uh, wonder what he'll say when he sees me again. Well, why worry? He won't talk long. What do you mean, boss? I mean that when we get through and ready to leave, we'll wipe out every one of the white men. That's the ticket, Jordan. Don't leave no witnesses. They'll all be corpses. <laughs> Thomas Lane at the Mount Raleigh Diamond Mine. Nice standing, Rick, here. Well, thanks awfully, Mr. Cranston. Oh, here comes a nice-looking boy to greet us. It's Ned Fenton, the assistant superintendent of the Diamond Mine. Hi, Ned. Visitors for you. Well, this is jolly. Miss Lane, may I present Ned Fenton? How do you do? How do you do? And Mr. Lamont Cranston, Mr. Fenton. How do you do? Very glad to be here. It's lovely here on your mountaintop. I'm glad you like it. Let me help you down, Miss Lane. Oh, thanks. All right. There you are. I suppose this is one of the few really secluded places left on the Earth's surface. Well, I imagine it is. By the way, Ned, where are the others? Well, Major Whiteside's off in the hills with the three junior engineers. 
see them all at mess tonight. Leave the mail sack there, Ricky. Tango will haul it in. By the way, how is Tango? Still down in the mouth? Oh, frightful. Poor old chap. Oh, it's Tango. And what's the matter with him? Oh, Tango's our houseman, butler, cook, and so on. He, he's mourning for his son who lives on a small island about a thousand miles from here. Poor fellow. When did he hear? Oh, a month ago. Same night he thinks the boy died. But I thought you had no wireless station here. No, we haven't. Then... Uh, Tango's wife told him by telepathy. Told him? You mean he believes his son dead because of a mental message sent by telepathy? Yes, ridiculous, isn't it? Oh, I don't know. Oh, come now, Mr. Cranston. You don't believe such rot. Well, frankly, I don't think it is all rot. I believe when two minds are in tune, sometimes they can communicate. Across a thousand miles of ocean. On the ends of the earth. Oh, after don't all, I... Don't laugh too loudly, Mr. Fenton. Your disbelief might get a rude shock if you stay in the Orient long. You can never tell what strange things may happen today, tonight. Tenga! Tenga! Oh, confound the fellow. No good lately. We heard about his mourning for his son. Yes, to be sure. You know, I've told Tenga there can't be any truth to his notion, but that doesn't alter his belief. Excuse me, sir. Here comes the old man now. Yes, Master Whiteside. You call... Have a coffee now, Tenga. Yes, Master. I bring it. A fine old type. A chieftain, I imagine, his own island. Well, I can't say, Mr. Cranston. Tenga's a good houseman. That's all I know about him. Major, Ricky tells us that on his flight next week, he takes out your quarterly shipment of diamonds. Yes. He's sending off a sizable packet of the stones. They accumulate in three months. Mm. Isn't it risky letting them accumulate? I should think crooks might be tempted to line weights and pounds. Oh, nonsense, Cranston. Takes three months to reach us by a trail. Couldn't they take a hint from you and use a plane? Can't see how. There's no plane but ours the whole island. None nearer than Australia, I should fancy. Major. Now, if you'll forgive me, I'll take a squint at my mail from the office. No, of course. You other boys must want to read yours, too. Oh, thanks awfully, Miss Lane. There, there is one from home I'm aching. Well, by Joe. Anything wrong, Major? No, no, nothing wrong. Just use it odd, that's all. I bring coffee now, Master Whiteside. Oh, yes. Uh, <clears throat> Tenga. Yes, Master. I have a letter from the office message for you in it. The fact of the matter is, your wild guess was right. Your son did die a month ago. Oh, no. Yes, Master, I know. Tinga's wife, tell him boy dead. I say, Tinga, we're awfully sorry. Thank you, Master Ned. Well, I, uh, well, that'll be all, Tinga. We'll help ourselves. You may go. Yes, Master. Tinga, go. Fancy that now. I said that in the East, the unbelievable always happens. Now, will you excuse me? I think I must speak to Tenga, sir. Well, whatever for? I'd like to give the old man a few words of consolation. Oh, I say, that won't do. We never have personal dealings with the natives, Cranston. Bad for discipline, you know. I'm afraid I must ask you to refrain. Why, naturally, Major, if you wish. Margot, supposing you and I go out and look at the moon. Why, of course, Lamont. Lovely tonight. I'll open the screen door for you. Well, what do you think of the Major, Lamont? Fine example of a ruler in the empire on which the sun just doesn't set. Not very nice of him forbidding you to speak to Tenga. Oh, I don't mind. At least he can't forbid the shadow doing so. You mean you'll go to Tenga as the shadow? Yes, Margot. Yes. But Lamont, you'll scare the poor old man silly. Lamont, where are you? Speak to me. It's all right, Margot. I'm on my way to talk to Tenga as the shadow. <laughs> Why should Tenga fear? Many fear the shadow because they cannot see him. The shadow is strange magic. 
thing I not understand. But an old man whose son has gone down in the land of dead fears nothing anymore. The shadow weeps for you. The tears of friend are balm to the heart. Is not your sorrow greater tonight because the letter has come making your son's death certain? No. Tenga need not white man's foolish letter. The white major does not understand how you could communicate with your wife across the waters. White men do not know wisdom and magic. Some white men know. That may be. I do not know. You do not question the shadow. You do not ask where I come from. No. The young and foolish question. The old take what comes. Soon I shall be gone. Far away, toward the sea. But Tenga, though I am far off, I will still be your friend. Then our souls will speak to each other again when we are troubled. Yes. For when two spirits are in tune, the waters of the earth and the many miles of forest do not part them. They can still meet and speak. Roger back down and paid for every one of the cows. Oh, how interesting, Governor. Yes, must tell out your aunt of Cranston. Yes, indeed. Why, why that's funny. I, I thought he was dancing with Lady Brainford. No, I saw him going to the garden a moment ago. Your friend's a very restless chap, isn't he? Not ordinarily, Governor, but I, I must confess that he certainly has been jumpy this evening. Perhaps the flight back from the hills upset him. Oh, I don't think so, Governor. Well, if you'll excuse me, I think I'll go and try to find him. I certainly, Miss Lamont! Lamont Cranston! Oh, yes? What is it? It's I, Margot Lane. Oh, is it Margot? Yes, what are you doing down here on the beach by yourself? Margot, shh. Listen. Listen? I can't hear anything. Nothing at all. What are the waves lapping on the shore? There's nothing else to hear. But there is, Margot. You've just interrupted a very interesting conversation. Interrupted? But Lamont, there's no one here for you to talk to. Who was it? Tenga. Tenga? You mean that old native up at the mine? Yes, Margot. But, but, it doesn't seem possible he's a hundred miles away. In the Orient, Margot, many strange things happen. All evening I've been restless. I had the feeling someone was trying to speak to me. I came out here to put myself in a receptive mood. Well, what did Tenga say, Lamont? Your coming disturbed me and the contact was broken. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. But just as you called out, Tenga spoke of danger. Mm. Yes, something to do with the Mount Raleigh diamond mine. Let's establish contact with him quickly. Sit down here beside me. Yes, Lamont. Now clear your mind, Margot. Think of Tenga. Think of the hills about the mining camp. Listen. Shadow. Ah. There. Can you hear him now? Yes. Yes, I think so. Master Shadow. Master Shadow. Tenga calls you, Master. I can hear you, Tenga. Tenga, speak. Tell Shadow. There is danger? Yes, Shadow. White men come to mine. Make war. White men? Strangers? Yes, Shadow. Bad white men. Come, rob, 
Come kill. Where did the strangers come from? Bad white man come in big skyboard. An airplane? Yes. They come with gun. Money gun. They want rob stones from mine. Yes, Tenga? Master White Stone fix skyboard. Fix the plane? How, Tenga? Fix so no cannot fly. Bad white man shoot master for this. Kill him. How horrible. Tenga, how many bad white men are there? Many as fingers on one hand and three more. Eight. They say kill master Ned. Kill Tenga. Kill everyone. Native boys fear. Run to hills. Bad man lock masters in house. Tenga call. Shadow. Bring help. Yes, Tenga, yes. The shadow will bring help. Hi, master. Shadow. Come quick. Hurry. Hurry. He's gone. Come, Margo, quickly. What can you do? Those bandits are stuck up in the mountains. Major Whiteside wrecked their plane. They can't escape. But they killed Whiteside. We must hurry before they kill all the others. Ladies and gentlemen, there's danger ahead for the shadow, and he's ready for the consequences. But who knows what danger lurks in your path as you roll along over a wet, glistening highway? The shadow knows today's high-speed, slippery, oil-filmed roads, and quick-acting brakes all spell S-K-I-D. Is a treacherous car-spinning skid just around the corner for you, or are you going to play safe? To fight this dangerous hazard that killed and injured thousands of motorists last year... To protect you in the hazard zone of motoring, where a slippery film of water may make complete command of your car almost impossible, Goodrich has developed the new Safety Silvertown with the special skid protection of the Lifesaver Tread. This new development in Tread actually dries wet roads. Its never-ending spiral bars act like a battery of windshield wipers, sweep the water right and left, force it out through deep grooves, make a dry track for the rubber to grip. And remember, motorists, you needn't take anybody's word for how fast this tire will stop you. One free demonstration ride will prove to you that the new Silvertown will stop you quicker, safer than you've ever stopped before, no matter how wet the going is. Many of your friends right here in town have already discovered what it means to be saved by a Silvertown stop. They'll all tell you that Silvertowns below mean greater safety above. Don't take chances. Protect your family, your car, and your friends. Ride on the new Goodrich Safety Silvertown tires. Governor.
Governor, Governor, you've got to listen to me. I tell you, I know. Ridiculous, Mr. Cranston. Governor, your friends, those men in the hills, they may be killed. My dear Miss Lane, it's impossible for you to know anything about what's going on up there. Impossible. I told you, Governor, Tenga spoke to us. Please, Mr. Cranston, you can't ask me to believe that. Yes, it's true. I heard Tenga too, Governor. Pure imagination, my dear. Give me a plane and some armed men, then we'll find out if it's imagination. The plane, Mr. Cranston, is for official business only. Not for any silly joyride. But it isn't silly. Tenga called us through mental telepathy, the oldest wireless in the world. Now, Cranston, I think I've listened to this cock and bull story long enough. I'll get back to my guest. Just lend me the plane first. No, I won't lend it to you. And I'll put a guard around it in case you have any crazy schemes about grabbing it. But, Governor, these bandits... The bandits, my dear, are creatures of Mr. Cranston's imagination. Nothing more. Please excuse me. I must give my orders to the guard. You may regret this, Governor. I doubt it, Mr. Cranston. If you ask me, you'd better consult the doctor. Touch of a sum, no doubt. Oh, Lamont, what can we do? Do, Margot. We're going up to that mine. But how? We're flying, taking the plane. But you heard the governor. He's putting guards around the plane. Guards, Margot, have never yet managed to stop the shadow. Say, Corporal. What is it? Sitting in this hangar guarding the plane. Ain't it kind of silly? It ain't for you to question the governor's orders. No, sir. Well, who's going to meddle with the plane? Never mind that. Orders is orders. Oh, yes, sir. Hey, someone's opening the small door. Who's there? I don't see anyone. Hmm. Ain't no one, I guess. Maybe the wind blew the door open and shut. Wind, there's no sign of a breeze. Well... Maybe whoever it was saw us and stayed outside. Just keep your eyes on that plane. Yes. Hey, Corporal, look at the hangar door. I mean, sliding back. Yeah, nobody's near it. Who's there? Answer, I said I'll shoot. I'm afraid you can't hit anything, soldier. Who, who, who's Corporal? It's, it's, it's spooks. Yes, my friend, something like that. I'm getting out of here. Blimey, this, this ain't regulations, you know. Leave, leave before it's too late. Yes, sir, I'm, I'm leaving. <laughs> Wait. Come on, Margot. Coast is clear. Hurry. Oh, those poor soldiers. They're still running. Get in, Margot, before they come back. Yes, I'm with you. Run her right through the open door and take off. All right. Shut the door. Yes. Thank heaven this plane's got an automatic starter. Hurry. Strap your belt. Here we go. in time, Shadow. Here come some men now. They heard the plane landing. They're strangers and they have guns. No doubt they're the robbers. The plane's a surprise to them. Yes. There'll be another surprise later. They'll be hardly expecting the Shadow. No. Now remember, Margo, you're alone. No one on the coast suspects what's happening here. I'll remember. Be careful, Shadow. Here they come. Good move! Good move! Come on, I'll drag the pilot out of here, Jake. What's the matter? Hey, boss! It's a woman. What is this? What's the matter? I don't know you. Yeah, let me in there. Why, a girl. Alone. Yeah, look. Hey, what are you doing here, sister? Oh, please, put down that gun. Answer my question. Well, I, I borrowed the plane and flew up to see a friend, Ned Fenton. Well, your friend ain't receiving, sister. 
But thanks very much for the plane. Bring her out, Jake. Sure. Come on, babe, and keep those pretty paws up. Very well. There she is. Now, come on, miss. Jump down here. This is a hold-up, isn't it? You catch on quick. Fly me. Can you fly this crate? Sure, easy. But I I used up all the gas. There's gas over in that shack, Limey. Fill her up. We'll bump off the rest of these mining guys and get out of here. I'll get the gas right away. All right, Jake. Bring the dame. I want to talk to her. Okay, boss. Come on, you. I'm coming. Let go of my arm. Come on. Get out of here. <laughs> so the plane was welcome, was it? I doubt if its invisible passenger will be. No, you killers. You will not like the shadow. <laughs> hey, you. Bozo, what's your name? I Tenga. Yeah? Well, Tenga, the boss says to get him a couple of drinks. And fast, you hear me? Tenga here. Scram. Pep it up. Mm, pigs. Tenga. Tenga. Who calls? The shadow? Yes, Tenga. I am here. Shadow come to save Master Ned and White Master. Yes, Tenga. The shadow promised when he spoke across the mountains. He is here to help. Yes, shadow. Tell me. Where have the bandits put Master Ned and our other friends? They locked in room, main bungalow. Chief of robbers in room outside with gun. Take him the drinks he orders, Tenga. The shadow will follow you into the room. Yes, shadow. Drinks ready. Shadow come. Yes, Tenga. But do not speak to me with others near. No. Tenga knows. Shadow, stay hidden. Lead the way, Tenga. They are in here, Shadow. Hey, Tenga, what are you whispering about out there? Nothing, Master. Who are you talking to? No one, Master. See, no one here. Yeah? Well, come on in here with that bottle. <laughs> Don't grab the poor old man like that. You keep quiet, sister. Hey, boss. The old guy must have money in the bank. He was talking to himself. Tenga, go now. Okay, beat it. And don't hang around outside. If we catch you trying to help those English guys, I'll slit your throat. Tenga, go. How long do you expect to keep me here? Just as long as we want, sister. Maybe we'll take you along when we leave as hostage. I'd rather stay here. There won't be nothing left here, lady, but stiffs. Hey, look, sister. You see that little package on the table? Yes. Well, that's got enough diamonds in it to make us all rich. Sure. Hey, well, what is it, Lammy? I got bad news. Did you fill up the plane with gas? That's just it. While I went for the gas, somebody monkeyed with the works. All three motors. Hey, what goes in? Say, you, sister. Are you trying to pull a fast one on me? Don't be ridiculous. I haven't been near those motors since I landed. That's right, boss. Look at to fix them motors. I don't know. But we've got to find those missing parts if we're going to get out of here. Well, how about taking parts from our plane? There's nothing left to take. Old Major Whiteside went to work on our motors with an axe. Hey, wait a minute. I'll bet one of them guys in the next room got out and did it. Oh, how could they? With two guards outside the window? Jake. You go with Limey and try to find that stuff. And leave the machine gun on the table. Okay, boss. Come on, Jake. Now, listen to me, sister. Yes? Was there someone hiding here beside you in the plane? Someone hiding? I was not hiding, Jordan, but you could not see me. Who said that? I am the shadow. Shadow? But where are you, anyway? <laughs> 
there, Jordan. Here in the shadows. But you cannot see me. Your plan to steal the diamonds has failed. The devil it has. Look. Look on the table. The diamonds. They're gone. I've taken them, Jordan, just as I took the parts from the motors and the plane. You cannot escape. Shadow, my friends are locked in this room. Get away from that door, doll, before I throttle you. No, my friend, let the girl go. Oh, Oh, Shadow, you... I knocked him out, Margot. I must leave things in your hands. I cannot reveal my presence here as the shadow to our friends. But I will be here watching in the shadows. Now, unlock the door and let our friends out. The key is in the lock. Yes. Hurry, men. Come on out. How in the world? Never mind that. Hurry. Take the machine gun over there. You must arm yourself. There's plenty of guns in the closet there. Jordan, the leader's lying there unconscious, but the others are still free and dangerous. Let's have that Tommy gun, Miss Lane. We'll give them a reception. Miss Lane, you'd better go in the next room there. There'll be bullets flying in here. All right. Hey, boss. Hey, boss. We can't find him. Hey, Jake, throw up your hands. What is it? Hands up, I say. Not me, you... Hey, Betty's got a pistol. That's for Major Whiteside. Now, come on, fellows. Let's get the others. All right, right, right. Come on, Shadow, are you still here? Yes, Tenga, I'm here. Then you see Master Ned kill bad man? Yes, Ned had no alternative. They tried to fight. Look through the window, Tenga. Another bad man die. Others fly towards jungle. They go also to their death. Listen. Native drums. Ah, Tenga. I understand. Yes, master. Boys in jungle know these white men bad. They glad to kill them. Their leader, Jordan, there will live only a little longer. And he will die at the hands of the authorities. He planned well, but he forgot one thing. Yes, Shadow. He forgot Shadow and Tinga speak together no matter where he is. No matter where I am. Yes, Tinga. And he forgot crime always brings its own penalty. No matter whether justice is brought about by means of mental telepathy, recognized detective forces, or the shadow. You have been listening to a dramatized version of one of the many copyrighted stories which appear in the Shadow magazine. Ha, 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 ha.